Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you are joining me today. And today and tomorrow, I'm going to be doing a two-part message called, Why Am I Bitter and How Can I Eliminate It? I want two pastors one day. We're having lunch together. And one pastor said, Why is it that a congregation that is still bitter about a 42-year-old misunderstanding can remember all the details of that misunderstanding, but can't remember last week's sermon topic. (laughs) Well, isn't that a good question, right? Have you ever noticed that when you battle bitterness, that it takes you over? You know, a rattlesnake, if cornered, will sometimes become so angry, it'll bite itself. That is exactly what the harboring of hate and resentment against others is. It's biting of oneself. We think that we're harming others and and holding these spites and these hates, but the deeper harm is always to ourselves. So today and tomorrow, I want to look at this subject of bitterness. I want to talk about what causes it. I want to talk about the character of bitterness. I want to talk about the consequences of bitterness. And then I want to close by talking about the cure for bitterness. Now, throughout the Bible, there's a lot of examples of bitterness. It begins in Genesis chapter 27. That is the first place that we actually have the word bitter found in the Bible. And it's referring to Esau. When Esau heard his father's words, in other words, Esau lost the blessing of being the oldest child, the birthright blessing, because he sold it to his brother Jacob, and he loses this blessing. And when he finds out that there was no blessing left for him, he cries out with a bitter cry. And he says, oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. Well, there was a secondary blessing for Esau, but he was bitter the rest of his life. In Ruth chapter 1, we see another example of somebody who was overcome with bitterness. And her name was Naomi. And Naomi had moved to Moab. She and her husband, they were both Jews, and they moved to Moab because there was a famine in the land, and and they went there to find some food, and they ended up settling there. And uh, they had kids, and the kids got married, and and then at the time, the husband died, and uh, their two sons died. And Naomi is left with her two daughter-in-laws, and she is heading back home. Uh, She's going back to Bethlehem. But as she comes back into the city, she says, don't call me Naomi. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made my life bitter for me. And then is Hannah. When Hannah found that she could not give birth to a child, she was barren. She was in deep anguish in 1 Samuel 1.10, and it says that she was crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. David was also a man who encountered bitterness. Uh, One day, David found himself in great danger because all the men that were around him became bitter because they lost their sons and their daughters. Uh, They began to talk about stoning David. As we look at this story found in 1 Samuel chapter 30, David and his men were out in battle, and as they're out to battle, the enemy came through and and ransacked their village and took their sons and their daughters and their wives. And as David and his men come back and they found the place 
where it is and, and, and the damage that was done. David's men turned on him. They were driven by bitterness. But we notice that David didn't let that bitterness consume him. It says that David found strength in the Lord. Now, just because somebody around you is bitter doesn't mean you have to become bitter. Oh, it's a dangerous place to be because it's so easy for us to adopt that bitterness, but we don't have to. In Job 7.11, it says, I cannot stop from speaking. I've got to express my anguish. My bitter soul must complain. Even Job had bouts of bitterness. Uh, The psalmist later says in Psalm 73.21, he says, when I realized my heart was bitter, I was torn upside down, and I was torn inside out. You see, the psalmist knew what bitterness could do. In Proverbs 131, it says, Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their way, choking on their own schemes. Here we learn a valuable lesson about when we become bitter, bitterness will soon overwhelm us. Psalm 17.25 says, Foolish children bring grief to their father and bitterness to the one who gave them birth. If you want to cause your parents to be filled with bitterness, just act a fool. Live a a life of a fool. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, Solomon writes that he learned that a seductive woman is a trap. And she is a trap that is more bitter than death. Her poison is a snare. Her soft hands are chains. Those who are pleasing to God will escape her but sinners will be caught in her snare. You see, I could go on and on uh, reading verses about bitterness. Uh, Jesus had a lot to say about this subject of bitterness. As a matter of fact, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus answered by saying, don't you know what you're asking? Talking about his disciples, and they are getting in a debate. They want to be in a place of honor and He says, are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? And they all say, oh, yeah, we're able. Uh, Then Jesus says, well, you will indeed drink from that bitter cup, but I I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. My Father has prepared these places for the ones that he has chosen. You know, when I think about bitterness, sometimes things can happen to Remind us of something, and bitterness creeps in. What about Peter? I remember Peter was the one who said, Hey, Lord, you know, the rest of these disciples, the rest of your followers, they probably deny you, but I mean, I'm willing to die for you. And Jesus says to Peter, Before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. And, And suddenly, when Peter finds himself in that point of denial uh, before that rooster crows, uh, he is reminded of the words of Christ, and it says that he went away weeping bitterly. When I think about bitterness, uh, the Bible has so much to say on this subject. But what is the cause of bitterness? Now, bitterness comes from a Greek word, which means to wound by piercing. 
you know, life has many privileges, many blessings, but then there are bitter experiences that wound our hearts. Uh, There are persecutions, uh, people's unfaithfulness, heartaches, and tears that come to those who try to love and try to serve God. You know, just recently, I, I had a niece that was was murdered, and I was totally devastated to hear this news. The perpetrator of this terrible, evil act thankfully has been captured, but I fight bitterness toward that individual. My niece was just 20 years old, and she and another young lady, 22 years old, were brutally murdered, unnecessarily so. As I think about that root of bitterness, without the work of God's grace, we can easily become victims of the terrible plague of bitterness. Bitterness takes root in a heart that refuses to forgive, a heart that tolerates pride, a heart that will wallow in self-pity. Such attitudes fail God's grace to work in us. So the cause of bitterness is that we've been wounded, we've been pierced by somebody or something that has caused us to have an infection that is taking place in us. Well, what's the character of bitterness? God's Word likens bitterness to a root. It is hidden under the surface, and and then suddenly it grows to show its ugliness. That's the nature of bitterness. It grows quietly in the wounded heart undetected. Like the bitter waters which the Israelites drank in Exodus chapter 15, verse 23, they call that place Mara. And it's true, it tastes bitter. It's a very bad quality. But the character of a person who is filled with bitterness is a person that has a bad quality about them. But there's something else about bitterness that we must remember. Bitterness is a choice. It's a decision to not respond to a situation through God's grace. Maybe you go to church with a smile on your face, but deep in your heart, you have that root of bitterness that drains your spiritual strength and it hardens your heart. Well, there are some consequences of bitterness. That consequence is that it troubles you. Bitterness brings sorrow and depression and anger into a person's life. In the case of Esau, it drove him into a life of sin and immorality. You see, bitter people are some of the saddest and most miserable people on the earth. Their bitterness becomes their main focus and the main occupation of their lives. But bitterness not only troubles you, but and not only troubles me, but it troubles others. You see, bitterness is contagious, and it can spread like an epidemic. We often think that we can live our own life without affecting others. This is not the case. Bitter people also affect the people around them, their family, their friends, fellow employees, and those who look up to them and follow them. 
when I look at the bitterness that Absalom had, David's son Absalom became so bitter toward his father that he spread that bitterness throughout all of Israel to the point where David had to flee for his life. The Bible reminds us of the fact that Achan, do you remember Achan? Uh, He was the guy that hid that treasure in his tent because he was bitter because he wanted the riches that the enemy had. And so he grabs onto these riches, but it says that he perished not alone in his bitterness or in his iniquity. You see, to this day, we suffer the consequences of Adam and Eve's rebellion against God. The sin of bitterness afflicts and destroys others. But I want you to know there is a cure. If you're bitter today, there is hope waiting for you. You know, as I think about bitterness, there's my part and there's God's part. So what is my part? Looking diligently. You see, we cannot control bitter experiences, but we can monitor our heart's condition. We can humbly recognize that bitterness has started to take root. You know, it's also interesting to note that the word any man, which we see here in this verse, any man can fall prey to bitterness. So we must be diligent concerning the condition of our hearts, but we also must be diligent in looking at the conditions of our brothers and sisters in Christ, lest they fall prey to bitterness. But see, there's also God's part. And I love this. Okay, when I'm struggling with bitterness, I acknowledge that, but then I also acknowledge the grace of God. If hindering God's grace is the cause of bitterness, then allowing God's grace is the cure for bitterness. Uh, Let me repeat that. If hindering God's grace is the cause of bitterness, then allowing God's grace is the cure for bitterness. We truly need the inward working of the grace of God, not just to save us from hell, but to influence our lives so that we can bring glory and honor to God. Now, to be cured from bitterness, you must do your part. That is acknowledging that this root of bitterness is starting to take effect in my life. Consider our Savior Jesus Christ. Consider the bitterness that he experienced on that cross, the bitter stripes across his back. Remember, bitterness means to wound, to see the bitter nails, uh, the piercing of his hands, the piercing of his feet. See the bitter thorns that are driven into his head. Hear the bitter words of the people that he loved, that were hurling out accusations against him. What does Jesus do? In spite of all this bitterness, this is what we hear him say. Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now that's grace. God gave us power to forgive that would be humanly impossible to forgive. That is why our text begins with a great exhortation to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2. You see, without Jesus, bitterness will surely overtake you and disqualify us from the race. You know, as I think about overcoming bitterness, 
One of the ways that I have found that helps me not to remain bitter is by helping others in their journey. You know that I have a prison ministry at St. Bride's Correctional Center. I've been blessed to serve there as a chaplain, and and uh, we have a lot of things happening there. And and on Thursday nights, I do a program there called Celebrate Recovery. Uh, it's a twelve-step Christ-centered program. It's a ministry of our church. And and by the way, uh, many of you who are listening to me come to Celebrate Recovery, and uh, I'm so excited to hear that. And uh, one of you listening was just at Celebrate Recovery last night, and thank you so much for listening to the broadcast. But maybe you are here, and and you're battling hurt, you're battling bitters, and you can't seem to get past it. Well, why don't you come to Hickory Ridge Community Church Sunday night at 6 o'clock? If you want to get there at 5.30, we'll have a meal for you, and, and uh, every week we have a meal. And then at 6 o'clock, we have Celebrate Recovery. We have an open session. And last night, I heard a wonderful testimony of a woman who was just overcome with bitterness and resentment because of how she was uh, misused in life and how she was abused in life. Uh, she was raped by somebody that she thought loved her, and and uh, and, and she was uh, going down a path where her father discouraged her and, uh, and left the family, lots of things that went against her. And so she fought bitterness, but God gave her victory. So I want to encourage you that we are having a wonderful opportunity to minister to those who are struggling. So I want to share just a couple of prayer requests, okay? Uh, these are from the men at Indian Creek Correctional Center. All right, here's a guy that asks us to pray for his comfort. He's got a toothache, and then he lost his mother. Uh, so we're going to pray for this guy by the name of Tyler. And then we have another guy whose name is Richard, and he asks us to pray for his friend and for his son. He says, pray for my son's healing. Doesn't give a whole lot of details as to what his son needs healing from, but we're going to pray for his healing. And then he says, pray for my son, Devin, and the problems that he's having with another student at school. Pray for all of my sons to have a relationship with Christ. Here's a man praying for his kids. I love that. Uh, Just because you're incarcerated doesn't mean you're no longer responsible to pray for your kids. And then we have another prayer request. And uh, this is from a a young man who's at St. Bride's. He says, I ask that you pray for my loneliness. You know, prison can be a lonely place, especially around the holidays. Uh, today is Memorial Day that I'm recording this broadcast, and uh, today is a day that many who are incarcerated are reminded that they're separated from their family. They won't be there at the afternoon cookout because they're incarcerated. So he prays that, that he'll overcome loneliness, pray that he have confidence, strength, and guidance. And then we have another request from a young man, and he says, Pray for the speedy recovery of my sister and my dad. Pray that my marriage can be fixed. Pray for my children. Pray for my relationship with them to stay strong. Pray that I have peace and wisdom and understanding and guidance. Pray for a blessing for everybody in my pod. Amen. Don't you love that? Praying for those behind bars. And then we have another prayer request here, uh, and, and this is, uh, is kind of neat, right? Uh, this inmate put a prayer request in for my family. Pray for Pastor Corbett's family. Pray for the loss that he experienced. And I, and I mentioned that at the beginning of this broadcast. 
And then we have another uh, inmate that asks us to pray for his family, for his kids. And then here's the last card that was turned in uh, last Thursday night at Celebrate Recovery. Uh, pray for, for Sharon, that she'll have strength, peace, and wisdom. Pray that Alyssa will grow in her, in her strength in her relationship with Christ. Pray that I will grow in Christ. And then it has a family member that has autism. And those of you who know me, I know that I have a special heart for those who have autism. Well, I don't have that much time left in the broadcast, but I want to mention our early learning center. Uh, We have an early learning center uh, that is open for uh, infants six weeks old up through K-5, kindergarten, K-5, kindergarten five. If you are interested in working with us, working for us, right? We are always hiring good people. And right now we're getting ready to open up the new building that is is almost finished. And uh, we'll be occupying that building uh, definitely full swing ahead uh, by the fall as the school year comes back together. Uh, but we need some help. We need some godly people that love kids and love the Lord and want to make an investment in the next generation. You know, yesterday at my church, we did a thing called Youth Sunday. And, and once or twice a year, we do Youth Sunday. Uh, this is where the uh, the kids kind of take over uh, the services. Uh, they do the singing with our worship team. Uh, they take the offering. They help with greeting. They give testimonies. They read scripture. And then uh, we had a great encouragement from our, our youth director and his wife, kind of giving us a vision of what youth ministry is all about at Hickory Ridge Community Church. And, and, and yesterday, as I gave just a brief message, I looked out in that crowd I saw maybe four or five families that were part of our early learning center. You know, we started this, this school and, and uh, the before and after care. I thought, you know, people that come to the school really aren't interested in the church, right? They're, they're looking for a school, not a church. But we found that many of the people that come to our early learning center then start coming to our church. We have a wonderful children's ministry. We have a wonderful opportunity for your kids to grow in their faith. Uh, we're doing Vacation Bible School at the end of June. As a matter of fact, you can register your kids for our Vacation Bible School right now. Uh, just go to hrcc7.org. Uh, if you can't remember that, just Google in Hickory Ridge Community Church, Chesapeake, Virginia, and you come to our website and you click on the tab for VBS, and you can register your kids online. Uh, by the way, I would encourage you to do that right now. Uh, VBS is about a month from now. It's the, the end of June. But register your kids now, and that way we know that there's room for them. A VBS will be Sunday through Friday, uh, the week of June 26th. So register your kids to be part of our VBS. Now, if you're interested in our Early Learning Center, if you're interested in working with us, please call 757-421-7500, 757-421-7500. And you can ask for Jeannie or you can ask for Sherry, and they'll tell you all about what is uh, required uh, to fill out the application and what we're looking for. And uh, I would love to get to meet you. As a matter of fact, I would love to see a church this Sunday. You know what I think about gathering together? Whenever we gather together every Sunday, we have a big sign that says, Welcome home. 
if you come to see me this Sunday at 9 o'clock or 1045, just come through those big glass doors uh, that has the big banner that says, Welcome Home. I will make you feel right at home, I promise you. And uh, you'll enjoy our worship. Uh, we have something for your children. We have the nursery for the for the infants. And we have our preschool department. We have a uh, an Elevate for our, our kids from kindergarten up through K-5. Come on and worship with us. I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Now, as we look at this subject of bitterness, uh, join me tomorrow as we look at part two on why am I bitter and how can I eliminate bitterness in my life. I so appreciate you tuning in. If I can pray for you, my text number is 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. If you have a question about a message that I've given, if you have a prayer request, if you have a concern, I will have our prayer team praying for you Thursday morning at 5 a.m. 252-267-2365. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I thank the Lord that you're listening to me today. I'm praying for you and your family. If you'd like to support this ministry, uh, you can do that online. Just go to hrcc7.org and you can give online. God bless you for listening today. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.